one, didn't we, at school? Do you remember that? Yeah, Madonna once did. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> um, I don't know, what's, what are you frightened of? I'm fiddling around in my pocket. You should have a conker somewhere. We had two very lovely helpers who put them in the pouches in front of you, unless you were sitting at the back or the front, in which case they would have been under your bottom. Um, I'm trying to be an academic, as I said, and please keep praying for, for that side of me, because it's really hard. It's all a load of nonsense, to be honest. Um, <laughs> but I have learnt a few things. I've learnt, um, <coughs> anyone know NLP? That's Neuro Linguistic Programming. So you're holding in your hand what I hope might be an anchor. I know it's a conker, it's all terribly confusing, <laughs> but it's a metaphor as well, so it's all those things. But hold it tight. Um, and maybe keep it, and if you really want, I can do something special with it afterwards before you go home. But, um, so keep hold of that, fiddle with it. Some of us concentrate a lot better when we've got something to fiddle with. Those uh, teachers among us. <laughs> I looked at the musicians, I don't know. But, um, so hold that conquer and hold that thought and, and think about what you fear. Um, th there are quite a, quite a lot of phobias out there. Um, I'm, um, I've had, had to try and remember these. Some of them are a bit hard to say, but acrophobia. Anyone know what acrophobia is? Heights. Heights, yes. Acro sort of edge. And I get, when we're going in the Brecon Beacons next weekend, if we do Penny Fan, I know I will be a little bit scared. Um, I love walking in the mountains. It's funny how sometimes fears bring you alive. So there, maybe there's a balance needed between... Uh, fear and boredom. So <laughs> just keep you on the edge of your seats, don't get too bored. Um, it's the positive psychologists who say that. Martin, um, that's Martin, but not Martin Seligman. I've forgotten everyone's names as well. I upset Lynn because I've got, I've, there, must be, <laughs> there must be a fear, there must be a fear associated with forgetting names as well. Um, scopophobia, by the way, is fear of being stared at. So. Watch out if I'm stare, staring at you. Um, glossophobia, anyone know what that is? Yeah, the tongue is fear of public speaking. <laughs> um, I've lost my drift. Um, so, yeah, I'm bound to be frightened this weekend. And, and uh, I think Martin Seligman and positive psychologists do say that flow, which is when you're at peak performance, is that perfect little bit of balance between boredom and fear. So fear's not entirely bad, but mostly it is. Um, this is easy, nitophobia. <laughs> it's spelled M-Y-T-O, but nitophobia, fear of the dark. And that's the sort of fear that we, it's all, almost inbred, isn't it, I imagine. You can probably remember when you were little you wanted the light on, maybe you still do. Maybe they're little ones who, who you look after who have, have to have that little light on. And we've already sung about light and darkness. But it's, that is a natural fear. And it's probably quite a wise fear, isn't it? You know, you know anything could happen in the dark. You know, so watch, watch out uh, this evening when you're walking around the streets of Milford because I'm worried about the crime rate. Um, seriously, though, it's a worrying time to live. We alluded to that um, earlier, didn't we, about um, modern life. So Richard is so positive. I loved working with Richard for nearly 15 years because whenever I moaned about anything, he said, no, no, no. And um, 
it's dead easy to get a bit negative about modern life, but we've already talked about that. So there are modern fears, and I think our students suffer from that quite a lot. Um, social media is to blame, but then I'm not allowed to say that. <laughs> I always said as a head teacher, my mission in life is to unplug children. Um, anyway, so um, by, by the way, paedophilia is fear of children. So um, gynophobia is fear of women. <laughs> Androphobia is fear of men. And I learned that. I learned andragogy. I've learned sort of the, the root of words. Andro is sort of man. Andragogy is the study of how grown-ups learn. So, actually, we all learn in exactly the same way. So you'll forget everything because you're sitting here listening. We need to get up and do things. So um, anyway, arachnophobia. And, of course, in the news this week, these are the top six fears, apparently, and the old English word of dread. And I suppose we've all been there where that feeling of dread. I used to have it regularly working as head teacher at the Chandler, especially um, once 12 o'clock on Wednesday, I knew there was a, a relief for a little bit longer, but that's when the Ofsted phone call would come through. Some of us working in education know the, the, the dread that's associated with that. Ostophobia. <laughs> I'm just calling um, But fear of spiders. And there it is, you see. Um, the false widow spider. Uh, a lot of our fears are false, actually, aren't they? This widow, this, it, it can hurt. It's a bit like a wasp sting, apparently, isn't it? Um, but all those, those schools out there closed for three weeks. Results? Wouldn't that be... I mean, whether you're a teacher or a... But not a parent, really. <laughs> no, school should be the best party in town, shouldn't it, Richard? And it was for many, many years. Yeah. Yeah, you wouldn't have closed, would you? <laughs> You'd have put, they would have all had to come in dressed in special spider defensive outfits um, and invent the one that, that they wanted. Um, so, conquers. Did, did you know, did you know that um, the conquer tree was introduced into this country in 1616 from Turkey? No. No, I didn't. Found it out in this post-truth world. I googled it. <laughs> what have you got to Google when you get home, by the way? Just testing. So keep paying attention. So here's another long word I learnt. Uh, conquers, otherwise known as Esculus Hippocastanum. Interesting. Oh, we've got a gardener nodding. No. Just, be just believing. That's, that's good enough for me. Um, but it's a problem, isn't it? What do we know about the horse chestnut? Because the Turks told us that it was good for horses. It problems, but yes, it gets rid of spiders, apparently. So you just put a conquer, take it home, pop it in the corner of your room, no more spider fear if you are arachnophobic. Um, so they are toxic, conkers. Um, and the toxic bit is, is glycoseed saponin. Now, in the First World War, that was used as a solvent in cordite. I don't know if some of you might, might be nodding. Um, and so people were encouraged to collect conkers 
in the, in the First World War and give them into the conquer suppository and they would be turned into high explosives. So beware, you're holding your conquer right now, could be dangerous. Watch out. Um, so I just think um, there's a bit of a pun here. And apparently there's a song we sing at schools that, that Di said, I don't know we know it. But the, songs that, the two songs that we've sung, the three songs that we've sung, are, are all very well chosen. In my little treasure chest here, um, isn't that lovely? This is a metaphor, so I, I, there's not a lot of biblical text here. I've got some lovely verses, and we've already read one of them. But, um, you know, how does the, the conquer fit in its shell? What's the shell? Um, we did this as explorers. I go to St. Saviour's Church in Guildford and uh, once a month do explorers. And um, they came up with some great ideas. They're used to metaphors. Children love thinking laterally and making connections. They're really brilliant at it. Um, so you can be thinking about your conquer um, and love conquers all. We are more than conquerors. It took me ages to get that. But it, the, the conquer I've added, you can probably see if you look really closely, but doesn't that... I'm technophobic, I do have to say, but um, that, that sort of worked. So look, Jim, where's, is Jim still here? I spoke to Jim earlier. Is it Jim? Were you Jim? John, I got the first letter right. <laughs> Would you like to come up? Because you alluded to this, you wanted to play conquer, so they don't play it anymore. You said they don't come on. And, and have, you, have you got um, a friend who would like to join you? You can choose anyone you like, John. I'm not very I'm going to pick you, you, you. Just pick on someone. Oh, look, we're all cool. Oh, sorry. <laughs> that could have been disaster. He's poised. So, come on, look at this. Because... I think that the, the media create fear, don't they, and uh, or, or just sort of crazy craziness. A lot of schools also don't play conkers for all stupid reasons, but um, some of them do, don't they? The best schools do. Some, sometimes they, they give you goggles, but... <laughs> I mean, we are so fearful as a nation, aren't we, and, and litigious. And, uh, but these guys don't even need any training. Um, so, have a, have a little bash. Um, while, while you're watching... While you're, while you're watching, just be thinking, metaphorically, who's holding the string? What does the conquer represent? Why did we have to stick that hole through it? In, the, in one of the songs, there was something about holding, wasn't there? I suddenly thought, this metaphor is coming to life. Um, so, you know, next time... And if, if you are really jealous now and want to play and re rekindle something about your past life, that um, I've got a special gimlety thing that will go through your conquer and I've got string and a pair of scissors and I can, I can sort you out and you can go home. Oh. Oh. You can go home and play it. <laughs> play it for all your worth. Round of applause. Thank you so much. Keep it. You can keep that. You keep it. Go on, John. You can keep that. Um, so, 
it's easy to laugh at, um, at our fears. Some fears are really deep-seated, and that dread, uh, some of us know, and we've all got different fears, really. Um, well done. But how, how will you conquer your fears? And I think that's what's brilliant about being a Christian. I was trying to express that to, um, to Keith last Tuesday when we were walking back from the cathedral in Winchester, because um, he's very much on Dawkins' side, and I'm very much on Lewis's side. Um, and I said to him, even if it's not true, Keith, I would still want to believe because it makes a huge difference in my life. Uh, um, is it Pascal? He says, we are created with a God-shaped hole. And, you know, I'm sure Dawkins would say that's just a psychological need. And maybe that's a God-given need. And fear just dominates so much of our lives. And with, with God inside... It can make a big difference, and it does. I think prayer is really powerful, so I want us to think a little bit about that. Um, Tim, names mean something. Tim means loved by God, and I do often feel that. I had a really lovely moment yesterday evening. Maggie was out, my wife was out, and I cooked myself what I wanted, which was fish and chips. Actually, it was fish fingers and chips and peas. Even better, sort of back to the childhood um, and I had a little glass of Sauvignon Blanc and I opened our door and stepped out onto my terrace and looked up towards London and I just felt so alive and so blessed and so peaceful and all the worries and all the fears just sort of drifted away and I'm very lucky because my job is so much less stressful and fearful than it used to be um, and I just felt really felt one of those moments where you know it's true you know that God is there and you know that he loves you and you know that you needn't worry and you needn't fear. Um, God gives us, does not give us a spirit of fear. And sound mind. Now fear is always in the mind. Back to the positive psychologists again. And Keith will tell me that, um, you know, it's just all made up in my mind. And I'm very grateful. My mind is making it up if it is. Um, Dale Carnegie was a, an American... Um, I had to Google him, I had no idea who he was, but I can trust what he says. He sounds like he knows what he's doing. A long time ago, you can conquer almost any fear if you will only make up your mind to do so. Remember, fear doesn't exist anywhere except in the mind. Um, Have any of you read Fearless by Max Lucado? That's a really good book. So listen to Oceans and buy Fearless by Max Lucado. Um, And his, his thought is that we need to trust more uh, we sang, I will trust in you, trust more and fear less. That's why it's called fearless. And it's about um, often how false evidence appears real. And that's where that acronym came from. Um, so if you've got your conquer, just hold it. My favourite as a kid were cheesers. Did you, did, did you call them cheesers? The ones that are sort of, some of you might be lucky enough to have a cheeser. It's sort of a slice. Did you call them cheesers, Richard? It's like a slice of cheese. Um, so Isaiah says fear not for I'm with you be not dismayed for I'm your God I will strengthen you yes I will help you yes I will uphold you with the right hand of my righteousness that's the biggest and oldest horse chestnut in the world it's in um, I can't say it Hackenden Estate it's where Benjamin Disraeli used to live I reckon it's 300 years old, 
and it's got a girth of seven metres. It was in, in the Guardian last year. It was the biggest this time last year. So it's probably even bigger. Um, one of my favourite verses in the Bible, I, I sort of carved it into wood and gave it to my son when he got married, is Colossians uh, 2, verses 6 and 7. Since you have accepted Christ, with your life in union with him, let your roots go deep into him and become strong in your faith. And I think faith does cast out fear. That's another verse, isn't it? Perfect love casts out fear. Faith casts out fear. Um, so there's me um, walking in the Brecon Beacons on the edge of Penny Fan, frightened, but probably having peak existence, a bit of flow in the beauty of God's creation. Be strong and of good courage, do not fear, nor be afraid of them. Someone gave me that verse when Ofsted were coming. Um, didn't make any difference. Um, so, a circle. I love Celtic Christianity. I'm really getting, as I get older, I'm getting more and more into the sort of reflectiveness of, uh, uh, do you know David Adam and all his lovely writings? Um, his is one of his prayers. Uh, it's the circle. Um, just to hold your conquer um, at this point, which is a sort of a circle. And maybe let's just, maybe just say this, shall we say this together? That would be quite nice. So let's say this together. Circle me, Lord, keep protection near and danger afar. Circle me, Lord, keep hope within and doubt without. Circle me, Lord, keep light near and darkness afar. Circle me, Lord, keep peace within and evil out. And we could say fear, because um, we talked about the First World War earlier. What a, what a fearful place that must have been. We're coming to the 100th anniversary of its end. Thank, thank God, and how those soldiers must have felt. Um, so Psalm 23, apparently, a lot of them would carry that in their breast pocket, in their uniform. Um, I can't imagine anything more fearful than a war situation and your life is on the line. So, you know, how does our faith in those moments help us conquer the fear? So we're going to listen to a piece of music now, um, which is um, by John Rutter. Some of you might know his beautiful work. Rutter, apparently, I might be wrong, Richard, but I think Rutter is an atheist. How does he create those amazing, beautiful... Christian choral pieces and this is his music he set to the Lord's my shepherd and if we can just meditate as we listen to that there are some images for us
My granny um, loved this verse. This was a verse she gave me on her deathbed in her little writing. Um, she was a Christian scientist and used to um, change the, the Bible verse at Guildford Station back in the day when Guildford Station had a... Some of you might have noticed. Um, on, the, on the platform... Um, and you know, as a young, a young child, that was um, important to me. My granny was quite a significant person, actually, in a funny sense. A, excuse me, a, um, a figure of fear in one way, but also left that sort of legacy. Um, and going back to when I was standing on the terrace, um, that feeling of of peace of of flow, of certainty, and knowing that whatever lies ahead, that's the peace that, that we have. Um, one of my favourite verses, this one as well, I've got loads of favourite verses, but um, if I was having a tattoo, please don't have a tattoo. <laughs> my daughters are having all over the place now. It's terrible. But, um, Philippians 4, verse 6. Um, Someone taught me at Crusaders, if you're in a fix, Philippians 4, verse 6. Um, so I just thought, I don't know if there's time now, Richard, whether we can finish with our body prayer. Really quick then. So um, I, I teach this to the students, and um, I've, I've got, if you want to take it home with you and practice it, one that you can take home with you. So we just have to stand up, if you can bear that. <laughs> Um, and it's interesting isn't it how our bodies can be a prayer as well and the students sort of get used to this and they, they quite like it so you might want to practice it again but uh, so it's sort of like yoga if you're allowed to do yoga standing still in the present I am alive and aware that's really important just say that standing still in the present I am alive and aware. And then just stepping back slightly and twisting our bodies. Stepping back into the past, I remember and accept. Stretching forwards into the future, I wait with hope. This is the hard bit. Bending low to the earth, I am grateful for all I have. Reaching up to the heavens, I welcome all goodness, and with arms, arms, I embrace life in all its fullness. That's it. That's the body prayer. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you so much, Tim.